Well, uh, the mere heralds have just come in, uh, and we have some new uh, letters from different parts of the empire, or as we call them in the modern age, uh, listeners' questions. Um, And I think you're going to start us off, aren't you, Trevor? (laughs) Yes. uh, The first missive we have hails all the way from the darkest depths of the Crablands, where one Makino Oni, the Oni Lord. Does the Oni have our mailing address? The freaking Mias are dropping the ball. They're just letting Onis send us postcards these days. I was going to say, things are not (sighs) going to be up for us. Ah, Kasada had one job. Jesus. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Uh, he has many questions, but we're just going to focus on one right now because we already asked some of the other ones and we'll turn something into other full topic discussions. But for right now, he wants to say, which area has the best local scene? What is the thing that makes it so different that many local scenes are struggling? Uh, I think Mackie Naoni, or Hwakt Maki, as he's sometimes called, uh, is baiting me a bit because he's actually in my play group. We are from in the Detroit area. We meet at Pandemonium every week. And we have, like, uh, six people that come to our usual events, but we usually get up to 12 to 20 people for our major for our tournaments so we have a pretty good turnout for uh what our scene is uh i know our scene is kind of a legacy scene because we used to play the old game very much well max didn't play with us uh but it was me and some diehards and they have been there since the beginning of the game and then i moved down here recently and many of them have not transitioned to to uh the lcg However, I've kept the tradition going. I've basically have started a new uh, scene on the ashes of the old one, even though we have like the Drennan brothers coming back and we have some diehards who show up occasionally. Um, what makes a good scene and why is it? For one, we have a large venue um, that everyone can meet at. They sell the product. They have it on hand. They're willing to work with us to get the price support. When I want to run a tournament, uh, they put the information out on the Internet and I can share the Facebook groups to let people know where we're going to be at, what the tournaments are. Um, I make sure, except for recently in the winter, because winter is its own obstacle, but I make it to every weekly event. Uh, I'm always there to talk to people about the game, uh, to get them excited, get them interested in it, and uh, by word of mouth, having it grow from there. How about yourself, Inbar? So I play in London, which has the benefit of sort of being going through a sort of board game revival. There are new board game cafes and bars opening up all over the city. Um, L5R wise, our scene is actually very much a lot of new players rather than old players. Um, I think we've got about four or five old players and we've got another 15 to 20 who are new, um, who just saw the game and love the setting and just dive straight in. Um, what makes it good? I mean, we've got a really nice shop to play in. So shout out to Magic Madhouse, of course, um, in my part of London, East London, um, one of the people who works in the shop is our very own Lion Clan Hatamoto from Birmingham last year, Luke. Um, we've got sort of a really vibrant, uh, welcoming community who are really friendly, um, always willing to sit down and teach new people, have great conversations, talk about the game, you know, warts and all. Um, we have other places we play in London, so like Dark Sphere, for example, hosts some stuff. So we've got at least two stores in the city. They're only like an hour apart on public transport who are both getting in kits to do stuff in. And then more recently, we've also expanded down to a new place called Bad Moon Cafe in South London for a weekly play evening um, on Thursdays, which gets about six to eight people. Um, So then for our big events, we're getting 20. For our weekly events, we're getting like sort of six to eight people uh, playing in different shops. So there's a variety. 
no one gets fed up with us. Um, but also we've got a Facebook chat that's really good for spreading events and just talking mm-hmm. about the game. We have about 30 people in there. Some of them aren't even in our city. They're nearby. We have matching T-shirts. We have matching um, hoodies, some of us. <laughs> we have matching province um, sleeves, which we'll be getting soon. Um, we have our own graphics designer, who, of course, is Dojo Creative Designs, um, David Robertham, who does all of our kit um, and also makes pretty stuff for a lot of other people playing off of our and then we even have a few rpg groups running mostly with lcg players as well so you know we have a really tight-knit friendly community we communicate well we talk a lot we talk a lot online when the game updates and all of that brings us closer together and you know people are coming to events to talk to people who are their friends not just to see people to play cards that makes it fun to play now now for the answer to the question of who has the best local scene? Yes. I have not been to many local scenes and stuff. But honestly, I'd have to say, based on what I see on Facebook, Madrid. Uh, I mean, yeah, I th- I'm going to agree with I that see, as well. They are. I see some posts where bad. they have like, oh, we have a, a random like casual meetup day where we have like 200 players just kind of decide, hey, let's just play L5R today. <laughs> I don't know about that, but a good 40, 50 I've seen. And I mm. was briefly a member of the Spanish WhatsApp group. And I didn't understand anything that was being said but we were trying to go for dinner and they had like 50 people who were going for dinner. I'm just like, this is madness. Uh, the Spanish love their Alphavar. Madrid is a fantastic place to play. If you ever get the opportunity, head on down to the Grand Cota in Madrid. You'll have a great time. There's really friendly people. You know, it's, it's a great place to be. Now for anyone interested in starting or growing your own local scene, um, uh, Tobin Lopez from the Art of War podcast posted a great article on the Fantasy Flight website called Fortify Your Stronghold. He posted this on the 5th of June. So if you just look through their archives, you can find it pretty quickly. And he has a pretty good uh, in-depth story about what he did to grow his local scene and some tips and tricks that you can do to kind of uh, revitalize your own local scene and stuff. Um, hopefully, yeah. Fantasy Flight uh, release some starter decks soon to bring the price of entry to this game down which i think is that one of the biggest obstacles that s- prevent new players from joining yep. but uh that's for your future we'll see how yeah. that works out but other than that you know lend decks to people be honest about what the game is it'll appeal to the people that it appeals to and also remember the imperial advisor did a fantastic like buying guide for new players you a new player the answer doesn't have to be buy everything as more and more clan packs come out it can be buy your clan pack yeah buy the one or two packs from you know um the recent cycles that have good dueling cards in and build a kakita you know cute and kakita dueling deck sure the call will be great and there's fantastic cards in it if the person likes the game they can get that later on right or they can get it a sale or something like that but the more and more cards we get the more options there are for them to find a cheap way into the game don't immediately say oh you have to get everything or you're not a serious player yeah there's lots of cheap ways to get into uh Printing proxies uh, is always a good option. Sure. Uh, most player play groups will allow you to do so. And if you're a play group that doesn't allow pl- proxies, um, why? Why are you yeah. <laughs> being or that a, way? Unless it's an official tournament, you know, uh, there should be no real issue for that. Um, also, take advantage of Discord. It is a free uh, browser-based system that anyone can access to. Full suite of the cards. Uh, it like the way that the computer will automatically go through a lot of the functions might tell you how certain cards interact. Uh, so to clarify, out that, that that is Jigoku online. Um, mm. Though by all means, join Discord. Uh, Alpha Var Discord is very easy to get access to if you ask on Facebook or something like that. 
there is a clan mm. chat for everyone there's a great load of talkie and of course us who are the uh yeah. discord community podcast <laughs> or, or just uh everyone come to detroit and uh it'll be the greatest uh scene in the world unless <laughs> you want to make a car Finbar. in which case you want to go to germany who makes much better cars because you know <laughs> europe um <laughs> well there you go all right so next missive yeah where are we going let's see hailing from the unicorn clans across the windy steps uh utako yamada this uh silent maiden uh asks us uh what's a flavor aspect of your clan or any that has been that hasn't been explored in the card game and how would you make a card for it um Something I am, uh, I got two answers to this being Crane, and Crane love their two things. We love our duelists and we love our harriers. Uh, now we've seen a little bit of these things. Um, uh, we have a full fledged dueling deck, and Kikita Kazin is a Kenshinsen, but a Kenshinsen in the lore is supposed to be the cream of the crop of duelists and right now Kazen's just kind of like a middling duelist at best uh and i would really love to see um it sounds op and it actually is i would love to see a uh uh maybe a kill duel you know man i'm just shooting right for the top of that one yeah. uh what i used to like enjoy in an old game was a kenshin sen would engage in a duel that would have a really subtle effect that's not immediately apparent, but could be very powerful um, as part of a larger game plan. Um, and the Harriers always like to see Harriers. Um, they had an issue with the game before. It was more of a branding issue uh, where they would do all these dishonorable things and then gain honor. It was this really oppressive honor deck that was just not on brand. And also yeah. the, the I was talked great. to Robert. Yeah. We were talking to Robert Denton uh, a couple of weeks ago in our interview, and he mentioned, like, yeah, he had a problem with uh, Harriers just because of how the game tends to take someone's sub-theme and turn it into their whole overarching theme based on how the old game, like, keyed off of keywords really strongly. So it's supposed to be, like, the small, unique unit, and... I would love to see an aspect where, like, the Harriers will sacrifice some honor or gain dishonor tokens for some really powerful effects. But that's also a really hard thing to balance because it's like, hey, can I blow up or lose five honor to blow up someone's province? Like, that's that I'd do that like once or twice. <laughs> yeah, that would be quite a powerful effect. Hard to balance, so, but interesting. Yeah, I think this from, is why I'm not a designer. <laughs> yeah, I think from the dragon side, I've said it once, I've said it before, Agasha. Why are we getting unique Agasha Bushi? Tyler, what are you doing to me, right? <laughs> you know, the Agasha are, you know, for those of you who aren't aware, because we keep getting Bushi printed, primarily a Shigenja clan, right? And we're a Shigenja clan that specializes in smithing. We invented the steel that most of the Empire uses. And in fact, we make better steel, as alluded in one of the stories, where the special techniques used to make Agasha Sumiko's swords make it stronger than Satori's. Um, we are Earth Shigenja. We make potions and alchemy. Um, and things like that we have special magics for storing po uh, spells in bottles and stuff like that um, and also we're specialized in making magical items and also destroying magical items in the giant volcano that we live on so lots of space to explore in the agasha in terms of how i would explore it in the card game um, i'd really like the idea of an agasha theme that focuses on creating um, special effects based on say like the ring that you've taken 
So, like, for example, in a similar way that Phoenix get to do special stuff if they have the Earth Ring, that seems to be a good Shigenja idea. But I like the idea of, like, either... Sort of like an Agasha Genji who maybe has three different effects that involve um, one or two rings. So it could be like, if you have the Earth Ring, um, you may give everyone in your conflict plus one military. If you have the Earth Ring and the Fire Ring, you may give everyone plus two plus two or something. You know, stuff like that. Or maybe more stuff like smoke, so cheap attachments that blow themselves up to do an effect on everyone in a certain conflict. So like a potion you throw or something like that. Uh, and then a way to make more or a way to recycle them. Maybe a way to make some sort of special potion tokens like Force of the River makes tokens. Um, stuff like that. Just this playing with this idea of, of alchemy, of storing spells for later, of disposable spells that have great effects. Or, you know, just less clan-locked spells so we can develop a proper Agasha Earth theme. Um, the other thing I can think of that I do want to mention a bit is that the other thing that Agasha are quite good at was really military-focused Shigenja who used their spells to help them kick ass um, with, like, Katana's uh, Tetsubos of Earth and Armor of Earth and Katana of Fire and stuff like that. So that would be quite fun to explore as well. Um, so lots of ideas. Uh, write me, Tyler. I'll, um, I'll, uh, I'll yep. give you some of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Make a gasha stop printing later. unique Agashabushi. God damn it. One thing, not just because an otaku has written to us, but uh, I've always really liked the otaku battle maidens. It's I, 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 I'm so crane focused. I rarely look outside my own clan and stuff. But I've always really enjoyed the uh, the these honorable horseback maidens and stuff. Who I'd see a lot of like things that were would be crane themes. I could honestly see being on these battle maidens uh, yeah. or something. I mean, they asked. Uh, what uh, is an aspect that has been explored? Well, we've been exploring these battle maidens, and it's been working poorly. So I think the first step is like let's make some not bad battle maidens. Start yep. there, and it's then happening. expand from there. Kamoko yeah. is awesome. Uh, any other clans? Interesting aspects. More monks in Phoenix. More Asako monks would be interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, what else? Uh, uh, lion have, uh, or at least traditionally used to have a scout theme. Yeah, that, that would be interesting. Would, uh, that was really neat. I'd like to see some more, like, Lion Shinobi in their uh, in their scouts. Yeah, um, is it Koma's Shadow or something? Or am I remembering that wrong? Uh, was the lion Crab. Uh, well, you know, I think I've seen, we've seen, honestly, we've seen almost every aspect of the Crab. Uh, they could get more Toritaka. They could get yeah. more, like, Witch Hunters. They could definitely get more bloody Cooney. Or like, you know the, the old Cooney Witch Hunter theme that gave Shadowlands to characters and then abused the hell out of the fact that they were now Shadowlands? That would be fun. You know something Crab need? Crab need to explore the theme of the restricted list so they have <laughs> less busted cards so that would uh, prompt people to print good cards because even though like their deck has not changed at all, um, it's still one of the top tier decks and a lot of speculation is like, well, they keep getting a bunch of crap printed for them because like, well, you, what are you going to do? Are you making the, the crab unicorn deck stronger? You don't want to do that. That's madness. Yeah. Crab just need another theme that works as well, or even just slightly worse than their old current theme that will let them play a different theme so they can stop being bored. Mm. That would be good for crab. <laughs> what that theme is uncertain uh scorpion could have a proper shigenja theme that would be quite interesting 
Um, I don't know how you make wards work in the game, but you know it could be a lot of like when your opponent attacks you, do X and Y. Or... Bunch of Yu-Gi-Oh trap cards. <laughs> yeah, lots of like lots of like reaction effects. So like when your opponent gets a force bump, do X and Y. You know that sort of but thing. You, kind of like BC showed you with a with a dark magician. <laughs> you know what I mean, mate. Like Kirikio is kind of an example of that, but it's more of a poison. But like your opponent does an ability, so you bow it. Mm. Stuff like that, but printed on Shigenja with more neutral air Shigenja spells that can only be played if you have an air Shigenja on the table. <laughs> I'm going to keep hammering it. It needs to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things we do, we, we actually nope. open up the RPG book and just like look through the sub themes of like various families and say, like, oh, here's a thing that should be expanded to the LCG. Because I think oh, they just put God. the uh, Yogo so War, need... War people yeah, into Lion the book. Need a bard theme right you know let's print a card that says you have to sing to your opponent and if he likes it <laughs> you win the game i was gonna win worlds but he just had those dulcet tones i couldn't say no <laughs> exactly I'm, I'm straight in there right or you have to sing an entire song for your opponent if you finish it you know break one of his provinces Boom. We we just turn all the Kotais into Rakugan has talent. There you go. I know a song that is at least nine verses long. I will get cited for time wasting and for, for singing of my opponent. It'd be perfect, right? This is for the Elphivar Unhinged set. Um because magic magic does these unhinged sets where they print stupid cards. Um we'll never get I mean, them, but you can We do that too, it's called Panku. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. that's me. I'm running out of steam now on that one. Um, okay. You know, we could get a you unicorn what... naga deck. We could get a crab rattling deck. Actually, I would love to see that. Um, Everyone crab. who likes rattlings would love to see the rattling decks. You know what theme I do not want to see? Mantis. Mantis can just, like, stay in obscurity. <laughs> no, we talked about this in the last podcast. They're taking Crane's slot because Crane is starving. Nope. Nope, yeah. not going to happen. Crane are dead. I Crane get, basically I, is Avengers post Thanos. They're all gone. And then the mantis I, come. I, I, see, I want to comment on that, but that would just be endgame spoilers. <laughs> no, no, because post Thanos is the Infinity War. So I'm not spoiling anything that hasn't been out for a year. So very, very careful. The Avengers endgame is awesome, and you should go and see it. It's awesome. Uh, but no, hey, no, let's no, ha- no spoilers let's, let's here. Let's have a three-hour podcast about Avengers Endgame. You want to do that? It <laughs> just makes Seabass cry. Yeah, let's not. But yeah, which uh, which yeah. clan do you think is which hero would belong to which clan? That's the question. Oh, I've done that question on Facebook before. Let's not let's not do that now because Dragon just get them all. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> so on to our, our final question for this segment. Um, our final missive hails from the Lion Lands, Akodo Yama, the Cat Herder. No, no, no. Break, break up that name a bit more, right? So Akodo Yama, Cat Herder. So it's your Ma. mother who is a Cat Herder because she's in the Lion Clan. Right? Herding um, cats all day? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, yes, yes. Okay, does. we're going to go with that joke, right? <laughs> just gonna, I'm just going to heart sandbag it. <laughs> your, your ma is a Lion Clan player. Ah, your my mom's would, a Lion Clan. <laughs> my mother would never play Lion, but, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> Let's or see. board games, for that matter. <laughs> Let's see. Akoto Yama asked, is the clan pack something you want to see repeated, or is it a Lux box set 
a better product for the game, with existing clan packs basically being there to help new players beyond their core box purchases. Um... You know, I have to say, after we do this whole uh, cycle of getting everyone their clan pack, I don't think we need it anymore. Actually, I don't think we need it at all. Um, I've I've never played Game of Thrones, but I hear constantly that uh, every time there was a family pack in Game of Thrones, it would just spike that one family for a while. Uh, and we've kind of been seeing that um, in L5R so one so thing far. About Game of Thrones, you have to remember, is that their clan packs came out once every year. Um, mm. and they're also bigger so the main mm. thing I think that works for L5R that doesn't work in Game of Thrones is that our clan packs are coming out all in the same year which I know wasn't the original plan but they're also smaller um, I am perfectly fine with the idea of a clan pack cycle um, under two circumstances the first is they all have to come out close together and they should all be legal for the world's event that year right? or at least a sufficient number of the world's qualifying events for that year. The other thing that I'm cool about is they have to... Like, ideally, I want to make sure that Elphavar has some sort of time progression in it, right? Because that was mm. always one of the things I found very attractive about Elphavar is that your favourite characters got older, they got more experience, they got new abilities, um, they got more progressed, and then you got new characters who you could root for in the storyline and find interesting. So if, for example, if in two years' time... They decide to bring out a load of clan packs that have like the new champion in, a new stronghold in, a load of new time-based story stuff in, and they rotate out some of the core stuff or the old champions or something like that. I'd be cool with it. I think if we're just getting them as a means to get cards in, then the idea of more deluxe boxes is a better idea um, that do that timing thing uh, or event thing like Children of the Empire did for the Emerald Championship and bring cards for everyone is a much better use of time. Yeah, I really much appreciated the Children of the Empire Deluxe Box. I'm going to see more of that. I just don't know how often I want to see one of those. Do I want to see a Deluxe Box like once a year and a bunch of like neutral inheritance packs uh, throughout the year? Um, or maybe a bi-yearly thing like once in the winter and once in the summer? I don't, that seems too frequent to me as well. So I mean, I'm unsure. I'm never going to be upset to be getting new cards. Um, mm. I think deluxe boxes are just great in every way. In fact, I think they're the best way to get a load of new cards into the meta for everyone and tell a story and have it be about crucial events and just mm. just chuck a load of stuff in there that just doesn't fit in cycles. Um, I just love Children of the Empire, actually. I just thought it was great. Um, yeah. I think that's kind of kind of how I think about that. I think it's a complicated thing because it's more about where do you put designers' time and how do you distribute cards and new strongholds and stuff like that. Um, there, There is a... Well, the second part of his question is like uh, these products being there to exi to help new players. Um, if, there, if we are going to see more clan packs, I would love to see clan packs take the form of clan starters where hey, here's a thing that's focused on this one clan and also has everything that you need to hit the ground running and start playing the game, you know, and you can go find some friends and, you know, play a competitive game with these things. Um, yeah. Well, it would be really good if a clan pack was focused so heavily on a specific theme that it functioned by itself, you know? Mm. Like, in some ways, I think the crane pack is close to that, where it's got a, such a heavy dueling theme 
that as i said earlier i think if you bought a few packs from other things that supported dueling you might actually be able to build a decent dueling deck out of it i think if they release more clan packs and they're all so theme focused that you could go out and buy a few more cycle packs and build a really heavy theme deck that actually you might be on safe ground um because again that doesn't skew the power level of a clan too much unless they can just nick the best cards from that team and put them in your own team Actually, I think I'm going to argue with myself um, because, well, to a degree, I still want to see like a clan pack be like a, essentially a starter for a deck, but I also want that deck to have nothing that's, you know, not available elsewhere. Because we actually had this problem in the old game, if you recall, where they would make these learn to play starter sets uh, with mostly. Uh, old cards, but they had a handful of, like, these chase rare figures. The old game was a CCG, so you had, like, your rare drops and your super rare drops and things yeah, like yeah. that. Um, and they would, uh, a couple of these starter packs, which were designed to get new people into the game, were flying off the shelf by old players because oh, yeah, it yeah. was the cheapest way to get some of these chase rares. Yeah, I bought Training Grounds 1 and 2 because they had sneak attacks and wedges in yeah, I bought like three copies of the Crane versus Mantis one just because, yeah. like, oh, it's got Crane rares in here. <laughs> it, was, it was a no-brainer. It was really just a simple decision. No, I get what you mean. Like, I mean, Game of Thrones has starter decks for each faction, which only have cards that have already been printed. And on the one hand, I hear they're a success. On the other hand, I hear that they're not selling uniformly, which makes them hard to justify stocking. Mm. So some of them are selling quite well others are just sitting on the shelves which makes it a bit difficult to justify stocking them whereas if you do release a clan pack that has you know as they have been quite heavy focus on a theme a lot of new cards and a card for everyone else they do sell quite well which is why i think if we are going to get clan packs they will be in the same format we've already had them in but again i think that is fine as long as there is a heavy focus on a theme so the clan doesn't get overpowered in another direction mm. And as long as there is some sort of time element that acknowledges that things have changed for that clan since the last pack came out, and maybe mm. a way, like I, I personally would really love it if um, they released a new clan pack maybe next year or the year after with a new clan champion in for every faction and banned the old clan champions because they mm. were they were gone from the story or they were you know out of date or something. Or, and you know maybe added in new versions of some of the core unique personalities and again just straight up banned the old ones I, I like your idea on paper but from a game balance point of view that terrifies me and stuff and not, not to take anything away from Tyler the other designers and stuff but I'm, like like lighting up like the that the power scale of individual cards are going to be fine with taking certain characters in and out of it at its intervals and stuff sounds real shaky to me. I mean, it takes a lot of work to kind of like yeah, mitigate their risk in there. And, then, I mean, and I think you, you, I think the way to solve that problem, solving this problem that we invented for ourselves, uh, I think the way you solve that is you make the clan champ, the replacement clan champions, fairly indistinguishable from the other one. Maybe they have a unique spin on what they're already doing, but they still fundamentally fulfill the same role, and yeah, then they kind of like. That. Because you had the old Solov system, didn't you? Where they were sort of all doing the same thing, just mm. with a new name. Mm, it's a bit flavorless, but it does work for balance. Yeah. But you don't always need to maintain balance by keeping things the same. You can always maintain balance by changing things up. You know, you mm. lose Doji Hataru and you get 
Doji Kanoan as your new clan champion. And he Doji has Kanoan is not going to be my clan champion. I will hear no more of this blasphemy. Well, look, <laughs> what I'm saying, right? Uh, you know, Dragon I will see. lose Yakuni and get mm. Hoshi. We like Hoshi. It's a bit too early for Hoshi, but we'll take him. Mm. Dragon, dude. He's literally half dragon. He's like a dragon centaur. Kick, <laughs> kick you in the face and beat you with his tail whilst punching you. It's like massive monks. Anyway, um, that's a bit of a tangent. We will get on to how they do time progression in this game um, because I think that's an essential part of L5R. Uh, another time? Not this time because we're running out of time. There you go. We've just kicked the Mirror Herald out the door because he brought us a letter from an Oni, so he clearly must be the enemy of the Empire. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure we will get a new one who will bring us better letters or you know different letters because these have been quite good uh, at another point. <laughs> so thanks everyone for tuning in. <laughs>